All right, we're in the middle of an argument here on WSQF Blinken Radio. It's 510. It's the Lou and I and him show. We even had to change the date so that the unionized uh, striker from, uh, from Hialeah who thinks he's in Hollywood can attend. So... How in the hell are you, Radio Socialist? Thank you for I'm, coming by. I'm happy to be back. I'm doing pretty good. Happy my ass. You're not happy to be back. We've pulled you where we've got you tied down in your chair. <laughs> and Lou, how in the hell are you? Are you happy to see him back? Uh, of course. I'm not, but I begged him so. Now I feel better. <laughs> now, we've been arguing about transgender in the military. We're going to get back to that at, at another moment. But right now, it's like this big moment. We're like a year late. No, uh, two months late. Where Lou was featured on the Megyn Kelly show. That's Listen right. up. Check this out. It's actually incredibly serious. You know, wake up Britain because we are marching into a really dire situation. We're careening really towards a, a Chinese social credit system. If you say something that irks the gods of ESG diversity and inclusion, we had we saw that video in 2017 of the BlackRock CEO saying that What's actually we name? need to force behaviors. Financial institutions, Megan Kelly Show, Firebrand are saying that actually conservative firebrand daring grind bare essentials required for survival if you offend our ESG diversity and inclusion requirements and thresholds. Because they like diversity, Megan, but I tell you what, they don't like the diversity of thought. If you dare breach that and uh, allow your free speech to run rampant, well, you're in for a world of pain. You cannot function in day-to-day life. For debunking, you will be debunked. And I say we've got to protect our speech. I wish, you know, my heart aches for the kind of free speech protections that the United States of America has. Because dare I say, Megan, that's the only reason that nutty, doddery old Biden isn't doing the same things that we're saying in this country today. And that's under a so-called conservative party. We're at the tyranny of these banking behemoths. And free speech is in peril, not just for Nigel Farage, but anyone that dares go against the establishment consensus and offer opposing, dissenting views well, and speech. Question. Is there an argument to yeah. be made that this is a necessary reset? that these banks doing this are really just showing their hand and that capitalism will necessarily lead to the rise of competing banks who are more than happy to take the money of conservatives who exist in your country in very large measure, the same as they do in mine. You know, there's something about it that is mildly appealing to me. Like, great. Thank you so much for telling me that. Um, I, I, I no longer want to do business with you. If my sincerely mm. held beliefs, which are mainstream, they are they, maybe not everybody's expressing them, but the majority of Americans agree and Brits agree with what you and I are saying about gender. This was the Megyn Kelly show, which Lou's article was featured and talked about. Um, you want to give us what the article was about? Yeah, well, the article was, it was my Fourth of July article, and she'll, she'll read a clip from it. But I talk about it's uh, uh, it's. It was two weeks ago. Okay, so here we go. Two more minutes, folks. Okay, With well, Darren Grimes, 
Freedom and independence. You know, my grandfather served with Americans in 1952 in the Korean War. Now, he was fighting for the values that the United States represent and the United Kingdom represent of freedom of democracy, freedom from communist tyranny, freedom from oppression, when actually now we're making a mockery of the sacrifice that brave, brave men and frankly boys have offered to, to protect not the United States of America, but to protect freedom elsewhere too. The, the flag used to represent a, a beacon of, of hope, aspiration, freedom, liberty, all of these really important things that aren't just slogans. They mean something, they're tangible, they, they must be protected and they have been protected with lives, with, with sacrifice. And now we air people and say they're brave, Megan, brave. Are they brave like those boys that froze to death in Korea who had icicles hanging off of their fingers? The, the, are we, they brave like the mothers who didn't get to see their children come home because boys were fighting in foreign lands for the, the values that the United States flag represents? How dare you say that these people are brave? How dare you give them a platform and use the word brave like that? It is not brave to say that you are Arthur one day and Martha the next. Don't mm. be so ridiculous, condescending, patronizing. And think about the position it's this brave. puts the others in. That's the thing. Is like we, we're they're, they're given no choice but to sit there like, okay, yes, we support, we see, we believe. Meanwhile, they have other things they need to be worried about. They, this is such a distraction to any person who is— a, part of the mainstream. I mean, the vast majority of Americans would be very uncomfortable next to this male one day, female the next, who now we have to call by a new name and ignore the lipstick on. And this is at a time when our military recruitment is at record lows. There was a great piece in The Spectator today by Lou Aguilar. I recommend it. To I tweeted it if you want to get it, but you can go to spectator.org. And um, Lou writes, uh, of course, he says, okay, the following, hold on. Yeah. America's, um, he says, of course, America bashing education alone, because he railed about that, about how you go to school today and all you hear is about how bad America is, has not dampened young men's pro-military fervor. The current sad, woke state of the Biden administration's Pentagon leadership is equally, if not more, off-putting. Whereas boys once idolized Generals Washington, Jackson, Grant, Pershing, Roosevelt, and Patton, and Admirals Perry and Nimitz, all they now see are pathetic losers like General Mark White Rage Milley and Lloyd Where's My Mask Austin, now the Secretary of Defense, not to mention the, the best-known admiral, who is Rachel Levine, formerly known as Richard. Yes. Um, who's, you know, now they're supposed to look up to this and see this is a reason to join the military. It's not happening. And that's why we're at record lows now on military recruitment. The numbers are the Army missed its recruitment goals by 25% in 22. In 23, it's projected to be 15,000 soldiers, uh, soldiers short. Similarly, the Navy expected to miss its target by 10,000 this year. So the, Make my it, day. it's just really clear people aren't going to join the military right now because it's just not a good deal. That's it's, wrong. No, it's not. I considered it. Okay. I briefly considered it during a period of unemployment. It's you, true, man. It's l less than... 
less than $25,000 a year to put your blood on the line. Are you kidding me? Right. But, but the only people who want, who are willing to join Come are on, poor, not even part-time summer kids. Uh, the only people willing kids. to join are the poor or the desperate, which are going to include but trans people. And you don't even want them there. Time then, like, who, what are you going to do with the military? No, no. There's a terrible argument there. No, it's it, 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 your it, it, argument it, sucks. It all no, collapses no, no, no. right there. The military there. is about recruiting from the desperate. It started with gays in the military. Don't ask, don't it, tell. That's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to so, say. It, it, it reminds me of the position that the Catholic oh, Church has. So nobody wants to adopt anymore, so let two gay guys adopt kids. Oh, great. Great logic. Why not? They're the number one Why adopters not? in America today. Why not? I don't see the problem with that. That's, because, that's because you're not Catholic. You know. <laughs> I was, and I still didn't see a problem. Well, that's not... No, no, hold on. That's even, not the answer, you. Even as a Catholic, I don't... Here's the thing. You're not. No, let me say. When I was Catholic, it never made understood how some people were angry about gay priests. Because that is like them conforming into the Catholic tradition. Like this is the part where I don't get about. He's got us on there. No, no, he's got us no, like no, that. No, he There's doesn't. a lot of gay people who no, became priests. No, he doesn't because 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 I, they felt bad about have, being gay. I have no problem. <laughs> I don't have problem with gay priests. Because, just like I don't have problem because a, a, a heterosexual priest will have to control his impulses, you know, to do it's just as hard. Same thing with a gay priest, yeah. So, so, so I have no problems with it. It's when they cross the line and start molest- when they go in to molest children. See, now we're getting to like good old homophobic rhetoric. Yeah, 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 yeah. You mixed the two. No, All right, so no, you guys brought up the homo. You guys brought up the. Hey, gay. look, you already had your day in the sun with Megan. You, you made. You I want Megan to for me. Is that you are blaming what is the tradition of pederasty within the Catholic Church on g- gay men going into the? Yeah, and that's, uh, and that's that, a good deal. And that, is, and that is, a, has a lot and, of. Re- and that uh, is the case. I can only support you when you're making sense, but no, but a lot of a, a lot I think of. It's a bigger cultural issue going back thousands of years within the church. No. Yes, we're busting I, them now. But I don't okay. think it has great it, because we didn't really have a word for homosexuality during a lot of this time period. That's not so true. That's, Rome, no, Rome no, was no, as no. gay as all hell. They didn't call it being gay in Rome. They saw you, it as being normal. You know, yeah, I get You it, know, I get Plato it. and Socrates. Caligula, so that's not wrong. Yeah, but yeah, but like Socrates didn't see himself as a gay man. Ah. He right. had a wife. All right, wait yeah. a minute. But we're, <laughs> yeah, he had a beard. We're, we're getting off. We're getting off. No, topic no, no. Here. But this is related to the central. The re- argument, uh, which let me is make like my position. Okay, Who's sure. going to make his position? Uh, good, which, good enough. Which Megan Kelly quite uh, rightfully articulated because that was an article that I, once I heard it, I was quick to reply yeah. to Lou and say, Lou, yeah, that was that was exciting. Because you use synonyms, you gave me a moment in time. You gave me a snapshot. You're reminded me of a thousand different times. I thought a thousand different things. You put it all in one article to the point where it got Megyn Kelly's attention. Which, by the way, I've had you know many a night, sleepless nights, <laughs> wondering why Megyn Kelly's never mentioned my name. So now that she has mentioned Lou's name on the Megyn Kelly show, uh, albeit she had a. a Named Darren Grimes, mouthing off his you know <laughs> British accent, a total dweeb. But the truth is, I have a problem with gays in the military because it's an unnecessary conflict on the battlefield. I also have the same problem with transgender. And you're making an argument that well, there's nobody else going to sign up. Why not transgender? Because it's not a fighting force. Yep. it can't no, win it, a war. Because no, it's you guys have a perceived idea of the army. As a mythological institution, uh, no, that makes boys one that kills men. people and wins. That's yeah, it. That makes boys into men. Like there's something about that's well, it. Well, guess what? A gendered performance. Uh, even of an underage, even an underage involved. kid. You need, you need. Men. Even an underage kid has proven to be a tremendous fighting force because a lot of underage kids went to World War yeah. II, Korea, and Vietnam, you, and they either 
falsified their birth certificates or they did something, but they got in. And guess what? Americans, oh, like always, the government during draft time, come on, kid, you want to go in, volunteer, go ahead. We're not. You need, you need men, period. You can do, you know. Yes. You can be a fighting force. I'll give you this scenario. Just like the scenario I give women about men, the masculinity of men. Here's the same argument. Okay, three people are in the foxhole. A heterosexual, a bisexual, female, and a transgender guy. Okay, that guy is the biggest of the three. He's big and strong. He's fantastic. But there were issues that he heard at the barracks. He heard at shower time, uh, condescending comments. And now two of them get shot in battle. They're both ailing, and someone has to run out and get them and bring them back in. Who does a transgender guy actually get first? I want to just point out to our audience. Who does he get first? has no military experience. Yes. (laughs) Or... Yes. Or military education in this right, manner. But, but, he's but, just or I was drafted. But, but why even go why even go there? No, because that's real life reason <laughs> No for it isn't. No it isn't. <laughs> it, it, it's you stop it you stop it. Nah, you want to stop at Catholicism. <laughs> I'm talking about real conflict in moments of You stop moment. it at the source. No women in combat like we've had for a thousand years. Yes. And no gay guys unless don't ask, don't tell. You can and the reasoning is the the scenario I just pointed out. Then there's no problem. You, there's okay. a conflict between the sexes at the moment of truth. Who do you get first? You, you, just put, you, you already accept it. Who does the trans guy get first? Uh. Or reverse the argument. The trans is out there shot. The girl is out there well, shot. Well, here, who does the heterosexual he, guy get first? That's who shouldn't what, what, what does your conversation even have to defend the gender to, identity? If there's dude, two people should, that are shot, this is a trolley problem. I, this is a trolley problem no, masquerading man, as a giant I'm military. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're very... But, you this guys are like the trolley problem. You know what really who sucks do you about save? the old people or the kids? Like you okay. know, it's the trolley or, problem. This, worst thing about it, it's happening every day right now in or Ukraine. The, or the, the abortion thing? Would you go in? There's who would you say? No, but, dude, you guys are being very flippant. I'm talking about battlefield <laughs> no, reality. No, it's very simple. No trans or gay people in the military. Period. Why? Well, for no the reason, women. For why? the reasons why? I just said. No women in combat. Period. Why? Because men have a certain, you know, body uh, type. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They they have a certain. I know women who are stronger than no, men. You've, no, you that, don't. That is, I'm an amateur fighter. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. There's some. Hey, bro. There's some butchy women that'll get all three of our books. They lose the mediocre guy. I'm sorry. That's just the Unfortunately, way. Unfortunately, not necessarily yeah. on the battlefield. What? Unfortunately, that you qualify. That, <laughs> what do you mean you qualify? I'm saying that you agree with him. No, I'm saying that there are women who are stronger than him. Right. Oh, absolutely. But then, yeah, but, but I'm yeah, not. So then, why not? But I'm not in that. You, you believe in the reason of the military. We go back to my argument again. You uh, again, your, your argument has no. Your argument has All right. a mediocre athlete will destroy a mediocre fighter will destroy anyone. The but best, that, no, that's the all best discounted you, in war. I've, I've seen the bikers. Your masculinity is so simply wounded by introducing these things. Yeah, He's got you know. Okay, you know. Alejandro you're right. Point. Let them bike. Let them cycle. Let them swim. Let them weight lift. Do not fight. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm being ironic. Don't let them do anything because every time you know in the movies a, a girl will beat up you know three three hundred pound Have guys. You ever been in a fight? Huh? I've been in tons of fights. I mean, you know, I grew up. I I I've saved. A, I wrote about that in my last column actually, saving a couple of women. One one from a purse snatcher. And one from a, a, a neighbor that was beating up his girlfriend. 
Uh, you know, like I'm not going to sit here and pretend like testosterone doesn't. I'm not saying no, no, but I I can I can tell you straight up the real concern in the debate about you know trans women competing in sports with other women, and it's always been like even trans people are willing to discuss this is how much testosterone entered your body beforehand, because testosterone explodes muscle belt. And I can tell you that is like a form of steroid that people take is additional testosterone. So if we are talking about testosterone in question, this is a different and substantial conversation. But the reality but is... Are the, you, hold on, hold on. Wait, are you saying injecting in male and females? or Anybody. Making, anybody who wants oh, to build more muscle injects more testosterone. Uh, look, but we live in an era where we aren't like wrestling. You know, this has been something since the Franco-Prussian War or even the War of German Unification where people have caught on that technological <laughs> advancements no longer need cavalry charges. Uh, uh, like, so it's the question of... Technology and expertise, which technology, yeah, it's no, where warfare no, is. No. Well, in the end of the day, maybe there aren't anybody fighting yeah, wars yeah, anymore. And, 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 only and, and only and buttons. And Alejandro's <laughs> being silly. Of course, Ronda Rousey or Gina Carano could kick my ass. You know, you know. <laughs> at you at your peak. Yeah, no, at any time. Well, no, may, not at my peak. If yeah, I was, yes, she could. Not at my. No, peak. no, she could. Yes, yeah. How much jujitsu have train, you done? How much jujitsu have you done? No, listen to me. Not. I have taken Not- no, no no I've because here's the thing that you're hypothetically going on about I have actually done in jujitsu classes I have taken on women and men uh-huh. because they just train you to go roll with people okay and there was a woman who was a competition winner okay, okay. Uh, against women who were trained it was very much easier but against her I could never beat her uh-huh. because she knew exactly how she, to deal with it she knew how to deal with it okay. like despite the fact that I was bigger than her. And I tried using my weight to an advantage. She knew techniques and applications enough where she would find her way around. Right. So a guy who does, but even even among men, weight. So now we is now we have thing. the answer. We put women as spies. That's always been the answer. <laughs> That's always been the answer. Put them as spies. Make guys take off their clothes and then kill them. That's always been the answer. That'll work. It almost worked against Fidel. Why didn't the chick pull the trigger? Fidel goes back to... Fidel was too sexy. It goes back to Matahari. She was a Czech, right? A Czech spy. Here's the thing. Here's one thing we can all agree on, is the CIA underestimates the bravado of Cuban men. (laughs) Yes. We can can come across the border to agree that it's a mistake to try to send a woman to kill a Cuban man. Yeah, (laughs) she falls in love instead, has this baby, forced abortion, and sent away, and he doesn't kill her. We can all agree on that one. He didn't kill the Czech, the Czech spy, and she, he even opened up his shirt. Lore says, "Go ahead, My, no, no, you can't right. kill an ideal. Go the ahead." Point, and the, she shivered and shaked and cried. Then he forced her into an abortion when he found out she was pregnant with his child, and then she sent him back to Czechoslovakia because I won't kill an ideal either. So, bah, that's uh, the story. It, it, it's very simple. Uh, like a, a mediocre tennis player ranked like two hundred, you know, drinking beers. Beat both Williams sisters, you know, the best of the best. He just destroyed them on the tennis, you know, just it. it you yeah. know, you could say they could have hormoned up, you know, but. Well, the, the girl from University of Kentucky, yeah. her husband. Riley? Uh, yeah, her husband uh, didn't, didn't, didn't achieve any acclaim right. in, in and, swimming. And, and crushed her. And crushed her yeah. every time they, right. would, yeah. they would race I mean, against that, each other, she beat him. Yeah, I mean, he beat her. That's just the way. So. The ideal military is all men, you know. And if you have gay men, don't ask, don't tell. They, you know, one one tell, 
they're out, you know. Transgender, transgender is a psychological, you know, sickness. So, you know, you better better with a shrink. You're right, yeah, you're already all you're they already, get on the battlefield, they can cause a lot of problems. And and you don't put women in the military because men's instinct, one of the reasons they're fighting, one of the reasons they're, you know, storming the beach is to protect their women, you know. Yeah. Except if they're gay. So now we go now we now we go <laughs> now we go back to the trench. Does gay guy can solve now, his problems in combat? There are now, so many great gay conquerors throughout history or like men who had same sex relations. Yeah. Who also um Yeah, Alexander the Great, sure. Oda Nobunaga. Yeah. Um, How come you say Julius Napoleon Caesar. wasn't gay or bisexual? He no, supposed he, he wasn't. He, supposedly not. He had women and no, he, mistresses. He, he, he had that like what, what about inadequate. what about the stories? He had that sexually inadequate nerd rage. <laughs> okay, of, but like, what about what about the high? Time out. I'm going to ask. <laughs> that explains everything. Oh, no, gonna... it's true. He, according to one uh, prostitute who bedded him, apparently he lasted like less than ten seconds. <laughs> oh, premature. Yeah. So, I, well, but I, what about that's the story? A that, that, What's that's the, not, this is history. I'm talking. No, about. but that's a problem that a lot of men. Uh, when they, you know, not, yeah. That's not your. Now I'm starting to understand <laughs> the yeah, objection of certain things. Yeah, yeah. Your generation is not as half as repressed as yeah. our generation was. Now, what about the stories about Napoleon taking off in the middle of war, settles everybody down, we're not going to fight tomorrow, and he would leave to go on horseback to go see some lover if that wasn't true? That's like the most French thing imaginable. <laughs> that's by the, leaving that's the, war. the answer. <laughs> by, by, the way, by the way, speaking of Napoleon, there's a big movie coming out by Ridley Scott, you know, Napoleon. And it, this is actually inside Hollywood stuff. Ridley Scott, Napoleon. And so the tagline for the movie is he came from nothing and he conquered everything and all the historians go wait a minute he came from a privileged family <laughs> and he conquered one percent of the landmass of europe that's so to? hollywood man you know who that applies to uh -huh. the original woke warlord genghis khan uh, woke uh, by like by republican standards he he was very woke because he would go to like any place and he's like listen you can keep your gods you can keep your faith and traditions you just need to acknowledge me as supreme ruler. Right, right. And if the answer was in yes, well, he unleashed a cancel culture. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. So, it's a total stretch, and he joke. stretched it to the max, and it worked. So Only here on Blink Radio, by the way, we're live stream, WSQFradio.com. Hit the cursor button where the songs are playing. That'll be us live, and you can hear us worldwide or... Your radio, WSQF, 94.5 FM, Blinker Radio, Key Biscayne. So, Lou, uh, what impact are you hearing Megan's voice as you go to bed every night or no? Well, no, what's funny is, you know, there I was being retweeted, because she also retweeted. I mean, uh, and, Did and she ever sell for you or anything? And she follows me now. Right, so yeah, now she. In fact, Shh. I made a crack. You should DM her. I made a crack. I, I could anytime yeah. now. Now DM her. Said, look, I have a Mac. His name is his name is Mac, and he's a rock. I well, I'll, he's Mac on the rock. I'll get to. I, 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 I want to DM her with my account being Black Santa. <laughs> Black Satan. Black Santa. I'll get to a funny yeah, point. I'll tell you about that story in a bit. Um, for the audience, um, there was a when I first heard of Megan Kelly was on her show and she was very upset that there was a black Santa Claus. However, she was very prone to like explain to the kids watching that Santa was real and he was white. Well, uh, he was. I mean, he was. 
in the like I believe. Well, tell the, the kid past. that I yeah. was, you know that I was asked to play Santa many times. Of course, you yeah. look like him. Yeah, I look like him, and uh, I, I haven't accepted the offer because mm-hmm. I wanted more money. But well, let me tell you a story about the funny. I story. thought you would um, object to giving out stuff for free. The funny story about I wanted, to, yeah, <laughs> no, uh, free tax, free of tax though. You're conservative, pure the, profit. The funny story is, so my piece is all is like going viral. Literally, it's going viral. And uh, and so my friends, my you know intellectual friends, start checking in. They go, "Hey man, Megyn Kelly, she's really hot," you know. I mean, and they would uh, they would post it on my Facebook page, and I'd go, you know, I I I I would have to DM every one of them and go, "I can't say that about an esteemed colleague." <laughs> you're, but, d- you're a drip, but man. but. Yowzer! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, a situation where we really want you to DM her. We really want you to reach out to her. And you want to say, look, I do a local radio show in my town. She, uh, I can't do that. She follows me. I'll make a, a something about the show. And her, cause I, cause I wouldn't mean, it be awful if I DM her and I tell her I'm the best-looking fat guy on the planet <laughs> and I say, lose on yeah, my you, you community radio show? on the show. Huh? You got Loa Berber. Bobert on this Lauren show. Lauren Bobert, <laughs> Sidney Powell, Roger Stone. Well, yeah. My cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, soon to be Mark Meadows. Oh, he did call in. We did talk. It just wasn't on the air. It was a spontaneous conversation, and I was expecting his call, but we never had a chance to talk on the air. But uh, these people, yeah, people know who I am nationally much more than locally. Locally, everybody pretends they didn't, they're not hearing a word I say because, you know, we're surrounded by lefty, Hispanic, liberal, Latinos but if, who voted yeah, yeah, what? Miami, the most well-known left-wing paradise in Seattle. Yeah, man. Hillary <laughs> won and, and Biden won. This is a left-wing uh, uh, diaspora here. People hiding from communism, voting for communism in the United States. But, yeah. uh, but I'm going to make a point and tie it into news that just is breaking now, okay? And if you go back to my uh, article from... Today? No. June, no. June 18th. Okay. Th- this is actually tying into n- something that's happening now. And I th- and that is, the article is called, The Woke Choice is Always the Wrong Choice. We may even have read it here already. But there's a section where I talk about Fox News and Tucker. And this is what I say. Now, this is important in light of breaking news, okay? Then, all right, then there's Fox News. Three years ago, when I wrote my Fox News media suicide piece that went viral with a boost by Trump and Rush Limbaugh, I was reporting on the immediate past, not the future. But never have I seen such a blatant act of corporate seppuku as their April firing of Tucker Carlson. Talk about not reading the room. All right. Now, no, I, but wait, you have me salivating for more information because I, although I have read that, I want to be reminded what I read. So continue. Okay, well, you know, so I. I mean, and your point is. Well, I'll, I'll continue a little more. Uh, the women who run Fox, as Carlton described Fox Brass, of course realized he was their top ratings draw. What they couldn't see was he was the last best link between old media, cable news, and new social media, most prominently Twitter. They thought they could oust and replace Carlson as successfully as they had Bill O'Reilly. 
But the landscape had shifted since then, away from television to computer screens, and Carlson united the two. Without him, Fox News viewership is down almost 40% and a staggering 6.2% in the key demographic of young people he ritualistically drew. What could have provoked such self-destructive idiocy on their part? All right. So, okay, so you got Wait a minute. The you're, you're, you're leaving out the fact that they were, like, getting sued for, like, not a at huge all. amount. Not at all. For reporting election misinformation. No, of, of course I don't leave that out. But no, but nobody has yeah. the right answer for those questions. Right. Therefore, they couldn't have been suing them for anything. But, 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 but. I, I think we have the right answer, but go on. But, okay. No, the media, the media advertiser, the department, the sales office say, hey, we're losing advertising dollars on this guy's show and other time slots. No, no, they weren't losing. They the were, Dominion sued them. No, yeah, yeah. Here's the problem. The Fox, the Murdoch guys, you know. The, the, the sons. The sons who were, who were twits. Uh. They just buckled under everything. They buckled under Dominion, which they could have won or settled for much less. They just didn't want to. They wanted to end it right there. No, and I think insurance companies pay errors and uh, emissions insurance. They, so yeah, they didn't even come from their pockets. Yeah, it, it ended right there. And then this chick, you know, semi-producer said, not even Tucker, sued the Tucker because they would be sexist. And she got $12 million. Ridiculous. I mean, a, Fox just started throwing money at people. But that was already after after they fired Tucker. Now, remember what I said. Tucker ratings were down and people were pissed off. I'm sorry. Sorry. Can you, I couldn't say that, right? You can. You oh. Yeah. Well, okay. So, okay. That's never been a banned word. Oh. All right. And, okay. So, last night, this is breaking news now, okay. Last night, they had the new prime time lineup. You know, this is a po- this is everything has been building to this. Do you guys know what it is? I don't. Okay, it's L- Laura Ingram at seven p.m. Okay, Jesse Waters again. These are all likable. The British guy is going to be replacing her soon. Yeah, who? Uh, Pinhead. Uh, the, the baldest guy? No, the guy you who's been playing. Pinhead, I think O'Reilly. No, 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 no. The British guy who was a lefty for the longest time until Fox put him on. Oh, uh, Mark. This gentleman here at the... Uh, God. The pinhead, man. Uh, British guy. He's going to replace him. He's got good ratings doing uh, one week's of time slot. He got fired. Huh? Steve Hilton. No. Steve's was a, a putz on Sunday. Oh, you mean the guy in Fox Business? No, man. Uh, he was a very prominent guy. I don't know any British CNN. guys on Fox. Uh, the British guy who's... You know, uh, there's several British conservatives. Are you no, no, no he wasn't conservative. Pierce Morgan. Pierce Morgan. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Dementia has unfolded. He's taking the seven o'clock. Uh, all right. Okay. Here, here's the lineup. Pierce Morgan. Thank you very much. Here's the lineup. Uh, me, uh, uh, Laura Ingram, seven o'clock. Jesse Waters replacing Tucker at eight. Okay. It okay. started. It started last night. Okay. Uh, Hannity at nine. He's gonna. He's on his way out too because he ain't doing nothing. And uh, Greg Gutfeld, who was crushing it at eleven o'clock at ten p.m. That tells you a lot about American yeah. humor because yeah. funny he is not. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, I get caught watching him no, all the no, time because no, no. I'm falling asleep by that time. G- I, Gutfeld is particularly charmless. I, I really miss. No, I, you know what I think it is that, that people really like a good old asshole. I missed O'Reilly. Like, I got to say, like, we all knew this was coming because these allegations dated back for a while. But O'Reilly had that, like, smug, I make more money than you 
sort of like expression that was almost kind of fun to watch. Like his plithiness, his dismissiveness. I uh, he he got me into cable politics. Like the guy was a living legend. Like he do it. Oh, Stephen Colbert owes his whole career taking off to O'Reilly's existence. O'Reilly was 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 good. He was uh, he was good. He was solid. I, I, he was very uh, interrupting and condescending. No, no, he was. He was. That was part of you know. And and he would always talk about the folks. That would drive me crazy. The folks, you know, the, the folks at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, like it, it kind of feels like to people with a bit more of um, you know, I don't want to say crass background. He kind of filled the void that Rush Limbaugh did. Right? Yes, like, like, very similar. See, Limbaugh would get cruel. Like Limbaugh <laughs> had occasional spouts of cruelty that I feel like were just hard to defend. But O'Reilly never got into that territory. Like I don't think he could. Yeah. Rush had a certain knack. Rush was yeah. Rush was a, he a, just he a, a legend. You know, four hours. Who in the hell can three, talk for three, four hours? Three, three, three hours. But if, if murder allegations came out like if, uh, against O'Reilly, it would be like, nah, I don't think he killed anybody. <laughs> but if someone came out to say like, yeah, when Rush was here, he just shot this woman across <laughs> the room. I'm like. Yeah, Rush maybe did that. No, he was a pretty good aim. <laughs> he, he, was, he, was, he was considered, other than the, other than the, you know, the demonizing of Yeah, him. well, speaking of people who made him famous, Clinton made Rush Limbaugh famous. Well, but yeah. He, he was the face of conservatism during For the Clinton years. Uh, no, he was alone. He was alone. Alone by himself. An, an island. And well, he no, was. You, you just didn't have much. Op- I'm not old enough to remember, but like there wasn't much opinionated news back then. Was well, no, he was it. He was yeah. it. And he saved. He saved AM. I mean, AM was dying. You know, and he was on the air, man, for so long. So much syndication. So many channels. And one of, his, and one of the last. What pe- was his peak? Like twenty million a day, right? Something like that. No, not that much. No. No. Twenty million. Uh, twenty million total of. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I could believe that he was he was the cultural force. But one of the last one of the last articles you that read could was, easily could be twenty million during yeah, a weekday no. during the, the weekday one, on the radio. One of the last articles you read was mine. He, he did. You, you have the clip or no? Yeah, uh, yeah you can find we'll, it. We'll call uh, we'll call this like it's from the th- Lou show. It's from three years ago. But he did the old. You know, I'm holding in my hand. I think know. we're going to change the name to. Lou and us, because it's no longer Lou and I and him. <laughs> All right, go, going back to the Fox News thing. So last night they unveiled the, you know, they're they rid of Tucker, they're rid of, you know, they paid off everybody, and they have the new primetime lineup that kicks off last night, okay? Yes. So this guy named Chadwick Moore, Alejandro may or may not know who he is. He's a very, he's, he's talking, he's one of those conservative gay guys who was just, you know. And he, he, he's not even, that, but he wrote a book about, it's either come Fox, out. Fox has some prominent gay. Yeah, no, 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 no. And they're all sharp. And they're great. Some might say the history of conservatism has been made by <laughs> proud gays in the closet. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have no, I, 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 have no problem with these gay guys. But, uh, um, but, but anyway. So last night was the premiere. So Chadwick Moore, who just wrote a bu- written a book about Tucker. You know, it's a big. Best going to be a bestseller. And what's his insight on Tucker? Why does he know him so well to write a book about him? I don't know. Just I mean, research. Yeah, research. So he says he says this. This is just, this is fresh. People will be hearing this for the first time. Okay. Sources at Fox are telling me that last night's much hyped primetime reboot was a ratings disaster. I agree. Executives are panicked. Hannity lost to MSNBC's Maddow. Oh, my lordy lord. And the 8 o'clock show, that's Tucker's show, now Jesse's show, only pulled in 
149,000 from the key demographic, 18 to 54. And he put his mom on, big Tuck, mistake. Tucker routinely got at least 400,000, didn't at least, minimum. More to come. It's very, it's very sad when corporate personalities that own, they have power, they, they pretty much lay down the law, and they get it all wrong. And they don't understand because they're... Like the board at Disney, like you articulate in your because articles. Because they're so successful that they're protected by their success. But they didn't make the success, they, they've inherited yeah, they, it. But they, getting it to it, or like being around it, creates like an incredibly strong confirmation bias. I mean, like, you've been around Washington types. Yes. You know how they are. Oh, no, of course. It doesn't matter if you come up with the better argument, uh, cite the facts. Well, it's like, well, what, what school This is the power of radio. <laughs> the, what are you showing? Oh, so he's getting a phone call from some yeah. woman. Uh, I don't think it's some woman. Go ahead, take it. No, we'll I carry won't on. do that we'll because that on. gets really... Take it. Like, no, like it's like, she'll be on the air tomorrow. Uh, Melitza, I got your call, but I'm live on the radio, so we have to talk uh, after the show. Yes, uh, uh, I'm all for your show tomorrow. No problem. Bring in all the troops and all the video guys, and after all, this is... Blink once, I said it! Blink twice. What were you yeah, missed what it. Were we talking about? You're talking about Megyn Kelly and no, no, uh, how no, much you're going to call her and talk about me. <laughs> no, we're talking about Fox News and... Uh, yeah, and Megyn Kelly coming back to you know, Fox. I could like, save Fox, bring him back Megyn have Kelly. Have you seen Succession? I watched the first episode. I didn't like it. It, it's, it gets better as it goes on. Yeah. I've, I've just kind of started. My friend, yeah. shout out Nick, um, is f- trying to really get me to watch Succession. And it's all about Rupert Murdoch's uh, dumb it, kids. Th- I, yeah, <laughs> I know it's popular, but but you can't you can't do a show that's biased left, you know, to, to about... You know, I guess you can because there's so many biased left yeah, people. You know, I, I hear it's good and I like the actors in it, but it was, it was the first episode was just horrible. Why? Was it drummed down or draw, drawn out? No, it was just... It it's was kind of boring. The it, first episode kind of tries to set up it, too much. It was dysfunctional for the sake of being dysfunctional, not from a dramatic... Yeah, but are they setting up for the rest of the sitcom? Uh, yeah. From the rest of the uh, series? Right. It is kind of a sitcom. It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Succession. Um, I was told to watch it too, but I don't have the discipline to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm a junkie, man. I just watch news. Um, if someone sits down with me and, and channel changes for me and actually makes me sit there with them <laughs> to watch it, I believe I can do it and probably enjoy it. I'm, I'm the but I'm not same really by way. myself can do that. I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way. Like People have all these shows that they're watching and all these things they're keeping up with, and I'm like, man, I... I'm going to die one day, you know. That's the truth that hit the Buddha at a young age. I, I, I'm i not going to watch everything you tell me to watch. If I don't feel no, there's, like there's, I can gain some sort of life insight. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of people who said that I would benefit from uh, watching certain shows like VP and stuff like that. Yeah, Never got around to doing it. And well, the you, only thing well, I, That's all right, though. Did you the guys only, watch The West Wing? That's the other one that they asked me no, to watch. No, hold on. I think you guys would get so much out of the West Wing. That's the guy that was thrown. I went. There, I tried. Right? I tried to get. I tried to start watching it, and I can't. You can't get Th- it. That is the cocaine aficionado known as Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always kind of had a like annoyed by Aaron Sorkin's. <laughs> he was the main character, wasn't it? That he, guy he, who fell down of uh, f- uh, f- fall a, from grace. He's Charlie Sheen's father. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's different. And, it, and it, it, it's like the liberal fantasy land of how they wish things operated. You know, conservatives love to compromise. Right, right, yeah. Uh, no, no. It radicals to- it to- get in line and know their place and shut up. It totally, uh, it, it totally was. Where everyone was has it accurate? You felt or no? No, no. sure not. Th- this was the world that the Obama administration. It was, it was a love. On. It was a love poem to Clinton. Yes, like, uh, per- perfectly said. Yeah. Perfectly well, the said. only the only time I ever really paid attention to, and I really look forward to it every Sunday. Was Homeland, and as a result of waiting for Homeland, there was a show about a, a uh, uh, about some guy, some fixer. Just before Homeland, there was a guy who was a fixer, and he got a, some kind of Emmy for it. And so I ended up watching that and Homeland, and I did it. I did it religiously every year. I mean, you, until it all faded away, Homeland did. But that was the last time I was able to pull that off. And I actually, I remember, you know, uh, making sure I recorded it in case I missed it, all that stuff. And I don't, really don't wish that kind of life on anybody. And to think that millions of people are obsessed with their TV shows is kind of worse than me watching news all day and all night. And all he, he, sometimes it's like it just feels like it's just too much of a burden to bear to watch all of these. No, shows. you can't. Or we, I, I miss cable. I gotta say, I do miss cable. I miss cable being dominant. I don't know how it is for like like st- a, 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 a other show that I, I thought thought was fun was, but I didn't watch the whole series or anything. But I remember running into it all the time and really enjoying the hilarious nature of. Uh, Californication and what was the other ones? The five guys that were with the Hollywood, uh, uh, they were homies. Oh, 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 no, that's a good show. Entourage. Entourage. Yeah. I remember feeling so at home in Entourage. Yeah. All my friends were like that yeah. as a young, no, as no, youngsters. Entourage, yeah. We yeah. were just vicious to each other. We loved each other tremendously. Right. We've gone through all kinds well, that of. Well, that was Mark Wahlberg, and those were his friends. They were, they were, that was it, yeah. Real and people. I uh, really enjoyed the camaraderie among those young fellows. But I didn't get to watch all their shows, and, and quite frankly, those personalities deserve to be watched over and over again. Well, that 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 said, Entourage was we, fantastic. We, we can, since we're talking about movies and TV and projects, and Hollywood is melting down in front of our eyes, absolutely, you should perhaps uh, read my my column today, or yeah, it came out yesterday about the debt, you know, about the the actors' strike. And how they're not going to get anything because Hollywood can't afford to pay them. And they're going to bankrupt the whole industry. Yeah, in the no, the, the, the industry is fa- literally falling apart. No, what was happening is that they were going to be replaced with AI. Do you believe that that's their reason? Or that, that's, that's an easily ne- that's one of the, the demands they're making that uh, no controlled AI duplication. You know that when their when their likenesses are used. That you know, first that they're not used, but if they are used, that they get paid for it. You know, stuff like that. We're in another world; they're not going to get that. But the point is, you should read it or have you know, you should either do it robotically, or uh, because it, it it leads to what we can talk about if you want. Uh, are you asking for permission uh, to? Do you want me to read it? I rather I, I like the AI version of of you. <laughs> Uh, but are you under A or are you under Lou? Oh, uh, Lou. You're under Lou. How come they... They, 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 they use first names for some reason. Oh, uh, because they don't know your last name, that's why. <laughs> no, they know. Only Megan knows his last name. What's up? That's, that's not for the public to know. Wow. A, a colleague of hers. 
a colleague of uh, you or her <laughs> or his as a result of this. Uh, him, you know, by the way, your photograph on the website is absolutely terrible. Uh, why don't you put Alejandro as... <laughs> Uh, I feel like you look. You, you know, you look like they that, that you got that your wife beats you and stuff. <laughs> wow! It would be really funny if you like messaged Megan Kelly with my profile picture <laughs> and she thought that like no. I was like this. This is your July sixteenth article. I was the, like this thirty-two-year-old with like this love of like old Hollywood. With <laughs> we're on the air for goodness' sake. Although I, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did tweet, uh, you know, she's, I did tweet. Um, Thank you for mentioning me. Uh, I, I had a crush on you when I was in, in college. That what you said to her? No. Please, no. just just talk about me, bro. We'll get her on the air. No. We'll get her here, man. All right, let's listen to Lou. Break out. Major Hollywood studios have inundated audiences with woke fare, leaving studios with less revenue to offer striking workers. There's a classic joke by Mort Saul that never gets old because progressives keep validating it, world ends, women and minorities hardest hit. As far back as 1988, Saul was mocking the absurd pension of the New York Times and other liberal newspapers to augment social divisiveness at every opportunity. The tendency mutated into the cultural epidemic known as wokeness, with Holly Woke a leading transmitter. Only now the joke's on Tinseltown. A new actor's strike began last week, and minority thespians will bear the brunt of it. They'll be joining their straight white brethren whom producers cast aside for them. Read more, The War of the Woke, Hollywood Turns on Its Viewers. By replacing the once-majority straight white cast with a ridiculously disproportionate percentage of minorities, industry players alienated a commensurate portion of the audience. Not because of any racism or homophobia on the viewer's part, but because they're bored and bothered by having inclusion shoved in there and their kids' faces. They'd like to enjoy seeing a group of regular straight white, or black or Asian, friends like most of them have without being made to feel guilty about it with a clean conscience not even the co-creator of Friends can share. Read more, Disney's Ghost Haunts Woke Disney. Last year, Marta Kaufman apologized for her durable hit's lack of diversity. I'm embarrassed that I didn't know better 25 years ago, Kaufman said, crediting the death of George Floyd to her awakening. I began to wrestle with my having bought into systemic racism in ways I was never aware of. She sought absolution with a $4 million donation to the African American Studies Department of her alma mater, Brandeis. But here's the irony. The reason Kaufman had four million bucks to spare was precisely because of the show's lack of diversity. It depicted a circle of friends with whom people of all races and sexual preferences could identify. It was the industry's hysterical wokeness that crippled it financially, making it harder to meet the strikers' money demands. Some demands such as AI likeness compensation are more easily granted. No company has been more responsible for the collapse of entertainment revenue than woke Disney, and last Thursday on CNBC. Disney CEO Bob Iger sounded the reality alarm. It's very disturbing to me, Iger said. We've talked about the disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges we're facing, this is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. Iger naturally tried to put the blame on slow COVID recovery, but nobody who saw the woke less top gun, Maverick become a record-breaking hit at the height of the pandemic buys that canard. Especially after Disney's last four post-pandemic movie projects, Lightyear, Strange World, The Little Mermaid, Elemental, crashed and burned in a blaze of wokeness. Today, Disney suits are in such a panic over their imminent W-bomb, Snow White, they lied about the film. It takes three years for a major motion picture to go from approval to release. So, the live-action remake of the 1937 studio-building classic, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, went into production at the height of diversity fever. 
What the producers couldn't sense in their mouse house bubble was the traditionalist gale about to strike down Bud Light with hurricane-level winds. Those same winds are already swirling around Snow White. The die is literally cast, a Latina Snow White, Rachel Zegler, fresh from the Spielberg remake flop, West Side Story, and seven beings who are not dwarves but various other minorities, including, of course, a black girl. On Friday, the UK's Daily Mail published an onset photo of the seven-something. Wait, are you talking about that recent picture with the... Yes. Yeah, dude, that was a joke. No, it's no, not it a, wasn't. It's, no, no, it's no, not no, a real no, picture. No, they, they, stop, they stop. proved that it wasn't. No, stop. Continue. They didn't know how to fall back on Continue. it. Continue. They didn't know how to Disney, take it back. I said Disney's lying. Continue. He bought into WM MSNBC. There he goes, a radio socialist. He can, <laughs> yeah, no matter what we do, he got hit in the I, head. He's going to blame us. Pavlovian conditioned to be mad. I do. He's he's got Pavlovian conditioned to be mad. Oh, I love it. I love it. Finish the story. What I love is that AI is better at this than he is. Okay. Now we're going to find out that the AI the, wrote the let's article. Make the, let's make the AI the fourth person hey. on the show. Hey. AI wrote the article. That's what he won't admit. All right, here we go. Go ahead sparking the now common anti-woke criticism. A Disney spokesperson originally told the Daily Beast, the photos are fake and not from our production. Soon afterward, however, they totally backpedaled, admitting the pictures were indeed from their production but not official, as if that matters. Consequently, little girls who adore the original will be as disinclined to see it as they were the Little Mermaid. They're not prejudiced against Latinas like Zegler or blacks like Halle Bailey, but they love their Disney princesses and know these actresses aren't them no matter how much the shell of Disney tries to force them down their throats. Why, those silly backward girls may even still expect some prince to impermissibly kiss Snow White and bring her back to life. How regressively patriarchal. Regarding the new brown Snow White, Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire made an inflammatory observation. Snow White is a 19th century German fairy tale, Walsh tweeted. The name literally refers to the character's skin color. This is what cultural appropriation looks like. Probably the most blatant case we've seen yet. As for the seven non-dwarfs, that's seven dwarf actors who won't be whistling while they work, because they didn't work. Because in Hollywoke, even some minorities are minorities. So, the movie will tank, and Disney will lose a lot more money, which could have gone to the striking actors but now never will. And the film industry will continue to implode, or survive on independent features like Sound of Freedom, $27 million weekend gross, $85 million so far, which I recently reviewed here. The company that made it, Angel Studios, should have no problem paying its minority Hispanic actors, who portrayed good and evil characters, or the white actor who played a Hispanic, Bill Camp. But there's hope for the strikers. After all, they're actors. They play tough guys on the screen, so they can do it in real life. Take Ron Perlman, who portrayed a gang biker in the TV series Sons of Anarchy. He had some words on an Instagram video for an unnamed Hollywood executive who disparaged the co-striking writers. Listen to me, mother underscore Kerr, Perlman said. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial. Some of it is karma. And some of it is figuring out who the F underscore said that. And we know who said that and where he F underscoring lives. Happily, though, with both majority and minority actors now out of work, Hollywoke has achieved real equity at last. The Hollywoke actors strike out. Uh, that was wonderful, man. So hey, Disney uh, just outright lied out of panic. 
out of pain. They don't lie. They do that on purpose because it gets buzz. <laughs> no, no. That's exactly why they do it. Because the only reason people talk about these movies is because there's some sort of weird culture war battle now every single time. Yeah, like, they're remaking movies. That's how bad it's okay. getting. Just, just, this yeah. is, this Look at Color Purple is being remade now by Oprah. This is how no one's gonna Oprah ma- made the, Didn't Oprah do the Color yes, Purple? Yes, she did. Yes. She's having a remake yeah. and she's the executive producer. This is, this, and it's going to tank. This is how, making, making her look like a doof. This, this is how crazy Alejandro. Why would you mean make a, a masterpiece? She did. This is how yeah, crazy like, Alejandro's pieces. He's he, he's going on the old any any. Publicity. Well, remember his generation's got a big problem, is that they don't really realize how bad we set the table for them without fork and knives. They're going to end up with chopsticks because <laughs> because they hate their audience. Uh, you know, they put out be, be long before the Little Mermaid came out. People were going. What the hell? You know who the hell is this? You know again, nothing against Snow White, yeah, Hispanic. Nothing, nothing against Halle Berry, <clears throat> but then the movie comes out and it's a, a disaster. You know the very fact that you have to say nothing against Halle Berry, we're on the defensive for no reason when we're not wrong about any of the things we're saying. They think we are. They really think that this is the way to prepare modern society, mm-hmm. and it makes modern society. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at itself and, and wish it had imploded already. You have no idea how much we're money. falling apart culturally. You have no idea how much money has gone into Snow White, and now Disney sees that people are just going to laugh at it. I mean, just mock it. You know, laugh. if they see it, I don't. Think no, no, they're not going to. No, they're they're not going to see it. I, I wouldn't go see Snow White and not see dwarves. No. <laughs> <laughs> and there's plenty of dwarves out there that could use the work. Little girls aren't going to go see it because they love the little. You know. And Snow White, you said it clearly, was named because of her uh, it's a grim purple fa- white. It, it's a grim white. She's a white light, light American, it's, not American. It, it's mad. It's mad. Menace. But, but I say it takes three years because when they started planning this, it was at the height of. So the numbers are going to be atrocious because oh, no. the rentals will be low, the Netflix will be e- low, everything, everything. And, and the reputation will be. Dirt. It's already dirt. Now, do you think in the in the little that I've studied about Walt, he did have a. a you're like saying, a bent, Walt Disney did what, what about Disney his mother. Di- he, I, it was known that he, all his heroines are not heroines; they're actually men. Are all the heroes and all the villains were women? There was in Alice his in, there during was his Alice lifetime, but he did not like that character because she did not take prerogative. She, she, what, what, she, didn't, she didn't take prerogative, so he oh. wasn't fond of Alice as a main character. Well, Alice is not, it, it's not that good a movie. No, I'm talking about the nemesis. They were all female. But, you're, but then that movie, too, yeah, it's the Queen of Hearts. Yeah. yeah. You might so be on something. That's an interesting cycle. He ne- he, no, and it's known in his autobiography that... Um, no, no, you mean biography. Sorry, sorry, he didn't write his own. Yeah, yes, yeah. it was a biography. Correct. Stand corrected. Uh, he didn't have a good relationship with his mother. And... Uh, he really admired his father's toil in in the world. What's really interesting to me is kind of how he like personifies a lot of American psyche at the time because you know, you people always bring up like yeah, he did do Song of the South, which is a movie that's all about romanticizing the antebellum south, depicting slaves as happy, which was a very youthful white perspective yes. that I've heard a lot from people. Around, like, the baby boomer generation who were still growing up during desegregation. Mm-hmm. But then his favorite movie was How to Kill a Mockingbird. Really? The, so what, 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 what's, what's, the car, what's the connection? I don't get well, it. Well, it, it reveals, like, a weird attitude of, like, 
Walt was kind of twisted, basically. No, not not kind of twisted, but it reveals like a disconnect. How to Kill a Mockingbird? What's what's that? Yeah, where's the? Uh, uh. No, How to Kill a Mockingbird is a very famous book that was written in the 1960s, which is about it. Um, and the movie was famous too. Yeah, he saw the movie and he says, "I wish I could make something like that." Oh. Wow. So you mean be- you mean to kill a mockingbird? To kill a mockingbird. Oh, you said how to kill a mockingbird. Oh, yeah. oh what a dweeb you are! Everybody, to come kill on! Him. I understood what he meant. <laughs> no, a- I, I was I. I I, w- I thought we were Song of the South. I was looking at little mockingbirds. I thought there'd be some Disney song about it, you know. Shut up, man. You see how these drones. <laughs> I thought this are? guy was the movie expert. <laughs> you, you know. That's why I hadn't heard of it. Wow. To Kill a Mockingbird is a fame. Is one You're of the talking fun- about he, she, we, she, he, it, it, and or. I it's mean, a masterpiece. It's an American classic. Yeah. Absolutely. So we got him to come around somehow. Who, who, by the way, she actually wrote, right before she died, she actually wrote a sequel with. That, that showed that uh, uh, what, what's his name the the character with the main character what, what's the character's name the, he's fame my mind's failing me the lawyer yeah. who, you know who's like the the paragon of everything great is kind of racist in the sequel you know people went what <laughs> I mean every you know it's like a well that was her li- it could have been her true color you know yeah. at the end she wanted to give that disparaging shot yeah a lot of, a lot of people are like that no it's it's, it's really sad especially fictional writers it's really sad they they probably write knowing they can't really uh do the force of hand and really tell their audience what they really want to say in the book because their editors shoot it down well no it's it's kind of better not to say it outright i guess I, I can't argue. It, it, I can't argue. To say it outright, it's better to let the text speak for itself, and let the actions of the narrative define. In fictional, in fictional, I, as a writer, I would say so. But like, but 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 for Disney to have wanted to make something like to, that, that's to well, his, Disney. Was, that's to his credit. Disney was always defined by his massive disappointment in himself, which was um, Fantasia. Because you have to keep in mind that he was alive during that, or he, he made he made it. He made it after Pinocchio. In fan, you know, Disney was writing high else, this like you know, face of American art movement. You know, like he was kind of a national pride, a treasure. Yeah, that he was kind of like. Do you guys feel that way about Fantasia? Obviously, I didn't see it. Well, it's people great. didn't get it's, Fantasia. It's, it's, it's like, brilliant. there are good parts, and then there are really stupid parts. It's brilliant, though. I it, hate the part where like, the, the crocodiles well, dancing. Well, with explain the to me the theme <laughs> and the plot. Uh, explain. No, 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 it, no, did, no, it didn't. Ha- it didn't have a plot. It, it, it's basically it anim- was Fantasia. Yeah, it was all no, over yeah, the board. It, it's, yeah. a, it's animation to classical music. To classical music by Stravinsky. Beautiful. So oh it, wow! But there was like no silent moving message in, the, in no, the, no, while no. you're listening to the music. No, it's, it's just it's, it's, it's it was like a it was like an MTV video or you know. yeah. So what? It went on for two hours like that. Yeah. Wow. But one of the most famous parts of it is The Sorcerer's Apprentice. You've seen Mickey Mouse. You've seen that part of it. With yeah. the brooms. The broom. Yeah, and the, and the wizard. And, 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 dun, 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 and the, the, great, the great music, you know. Wow. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, uh, dun, again, dun, again, I probably won't ever see it. I haven't done so with this. I mean, I can't see me sitting down <sighs> unless my 22-year-old sits there with me and says, okay, let's watch this together. And then she got to bring me the glass of water because then I'll get up and go to the refrigerator <laughs> and then I'll start chowing down because I just drank the water. And before you know it, I haven't seen Fantasia. The point, the, the point is, is that the industry is that right now we're looking at the 
death throngs. Of all entertainment. Of everything that we knew. Everything's coming at Everything at, at, that we knew. The lying in the press about politics yeah. is now the lying the in lying the press. The lying about your own movie. About your own movie. Yeah, about your own movie. Um, the idiot class that's producing today yeah. is so overwhelmed by... The, the because they can't... They, you know, we can No, not, no, about the modern aspect of it that they've lost their own creativity. They can't create... No, but they don't create... All they do is just... They couldn't create Indiana Jones, which is bombing you know, in every movie theater right now. You know, all they can do is throw in some you know, hip chick, like... Straightening them out. Cause you you find there is there there's no salvation, or you find that that one day. No, you no no. There's no salva- there, There's no salvation for the industry because. So the independent I mean, that's film. That's not true, though. Like so, the independent film guy. Twenty twenty one box office. Yeah. Some of the highest move. Well, no way. Spider Man No Way Home made a billion dollars. Yeah, so. Um, no Way Home made um like. Seven hundred and seventy-four million. Yeah. Like, movies are still making profits. N- no. no, the problem is, is that the the business model is broken. No, no, they, no, no, wait, no. Time no. out. Time out. You're pointing out hard facts, but the content of intellectual driven plots right, right. and character development is gone. What they, w- People were saying that when I was growing no, up. it's happening now. No, no, it's no, bad. The end, you guys, the, no, hold on. You, are you, you did are, not grow up during with the youth culture that I remember inheriting. I remember when like the most celebrated people in my generation, blessings be upon them, <laughs> may you know God reward them well, was like I can't say their name, but Jack S was like the most celebrated show yeah, on television. Yeah, yeah, and those were guys who were like hitting each other on the head yeah, with yeah, hammers, right. punching each other in the balls. Yeah, the dumb and, d- the dumb and dumber crowd. But, like, but you know, real, real epic movies. Okay. And, like the on, one I on, just saw. I'm not, I'm not done. Like I remember growing up with backyard wrestling or bum fights. I remember really, or like, you know, I remember growing up with a really, really trashy culture. Yeah, no, you're right. And it, it's, I always just kind of feel like what Hollywood's having now is some bleeding issues. The market, the way the business model yeah, is handled is my ruined. Point, no, my no, mo- there, my there point is no is middle market. You're not discussing the fact that there is no middle market anymore. No. It's, it's, it's but what like, do you call middle market? Okay, so before you used to have... I'm like, calling it a, a, a intellectual market that desires to have characters with character. Unfortunately, right now, that's a superhero movie. No, it's not no, even it that anymore. Have it was. Okay, for instance, it was. I'll give you an example. It's dying. I'm it's dying. You, I'm sorry. I'm going to give you an example of what I just went through. In Sitting of the Sounds of Silence... Sound of Freedom. Sorry, Sounds of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. I, f- I was in silence. I was really uh, affected by, the, obviously, the, 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 the plot. Of course it was. Because of children. But it lacked, it, uh, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the sake of the children, it lacked a certain amount of philosophical Western character traits that impels... That provokes, that gives us the impetus to save our kids. Okay, the valor of, of the of Tim Ballard and the, the character. Right. It was uh, even even from the standards of Jim Caruso himself. There were lines in there that could have been made that were not made in the film. Mm. There was one guy who was an ex trafficker who was living La Vida Loca because he shut up during his sentencing. And the cartel made sure that he lived freely and nicely without being shot and killed. Is the guy who made one valuable line in the movie that carried the whole movie, but it was only three lines in two hours. And yet the rest of the movie had a, a substance to it. It was, it was great. It was on the weight of the children, right? Yeah. But he said, what got you to change? And he said, 
Well, I brought a prostitute, uh, like I always do. I brought her to my room. We did the dirty deed. And then uh, when she got her money and she looked at me, like thanking me for paying her, I saw the darkness in her eyes. I saw the darkness in her eyes that she'd been doing, turning tricks her whole life. Isn't that character underage? And, yes. and the darkness was I. I was the darkness. And she wasn't 21. Yes. She wasn't 18. Yes. She how was, do you not notice that? She was 14. No, yeah. I'm saying that those three lines... But three, that character, how do you not notice that a girl's underage? No, the guy's telling no, you no, that's no, like 14. Believe, like, believe can, me, there are women... I, that, I, there are girls that are very young and yeah. they're just... And you want, and you want, and you want, and how much of it is... You're you, already twisted anyway. How, how much of it is you wanting to believe it? You yeah, know, yeah, Not thinking about it. Men are creatures I of incredible... I let these incredible. two speak for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I will not commentate on this at all. But... My position is, I can tell when someone looks around 14. All right. So, the point I'm making, if you guys can hear on the radio, understand what just occurred here in the studio. Notice I'm, the, 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 the three line of substance for the whole movie that I was able to extract of compelling nature for all of us to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, what is it about the Western man that hasn't improved at all if we're trafficking in children, just like in medieval times? No, but it has improved if you feel... If, if, if you feel Time out. What, what, what you guys, and I want the audience to understand, his generation immediately went to interrupting me about the youth of the child, right. and it wasn't the darkness in her eyes. Right. So the substance is not there. It's just the <laughs> ethyl, the ethyl of it. The oh my god, a minor. The obsession, the propaganda of underage sex. Well, and the, all the, that. There, there's an implication, but it isn't the da the darkness he, he that he saw in her eyes that made him change to participate in these activities to nail all these people right. to organize all his rolodex of all the filth out there. Get them all together, rent an island, call it a fancy hotel, <laughs> uh, uh, for. $100,000 membership and bring them all in there only for the feds to come right after the, the Colombian feds in this case with somewhat of a, a knowledge of Tim Ballard's employer who didn't want to do this but did it for him basically because of the conviction he had in his eyes. And that's the point I'm making. Here the in movie, the studio, the movie that your generation goes through the goes to the ethos and ignores the the substance. The movie that speaks and out. Your, and your movies reflect that. You guys the have this shallowness. The movie that out to me. Have you uh, seen it? Um, a, a really long time ago. It was an okay movie. I don't really have too much interest in seeing it again. It was kind what of a movie? really liberal. I'm getting there. It was called The Kingdom. It was a really liberal take on the Iraq war. Yep, it says it's like, you know, it, it kind of defends the Iraq yeah. war. But it also makes sure that we don't hate the people right. that were occupying oh. of their nation. Let me finish real fast, then yeah. I'll let you talk. No, 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 I want to hear it. it. Yeah. And, but the line that always spoke out to me, because I didn't really feel impacted much by the rest of the movie, but uh, I do remember that, like, the thing that spoke out to me was, like, you know, there was a daughter of a terrorist talking to, you know, her dad's last words were the same of, like, the dad talking to, you know, the kid, like, the American talking to the kid and they both say don't worry we're gonna kill them all and that was my real feeling of takeaway given the iraq war uh -huh. or the you know there is a certain part in the american psyche that i would agree when we talk about recognizing the darkness in ourselves i just think that movie is kind of goofy it was uh, goofy it, um which was the what's it called the sound of freedom the, oh, yeah. The Sound of Freedom. The Human Trafficker. Yeah. I, that movie feels like it's goofy, and I can get into that later. No, no, it isn't. Um, but, like... You're saying I, that this, you think The Sound of Freedom is goofy? 
I think it's kind no, of misinformed. Man, no. Take it from someone who's seen it. It's, uh, it's, it is what it is. No, it, but it, more it, or less, like, I, I do feel like there's a lot of... Blink least- Radio, how can we help you? <laughs> what? Hello, I just want to know what the show is all about. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what the show is all about. Our, one of our uh, hosts here, Lou Aguilar. Was, Hi. And he okay. he's a journalist with the American Spectator. And we started off with... The show is called Lou and I and Him. Him is Alejandro, who's right now thinks his lap, his la- his uh, tablet is more important. <laughs> He's a younger of the three of us. And Lou was mentioned by Megan Kelly on a podcast because he's a writer for American Spectator, which turned into this just Molotov cocktail of conversations. But, but, but tell what the show's about. We cover culture and politics in an entertaining manner. Okay. Yeah, so... I, w- uh, I did show him your your pick when you called, but I didn't. I couldn't answer the phone for the obvious reasons, and so uh-huh. I asked you to call in so they could put an, uh, a voice to the face that they saw on my phone. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. What time tomorrow? Uh, I'll be there at one p.m. with my camera crew and my guests. Oh, fantastic! Well, uh, yeah, ta- I love to connect with your friends that are there. Um, sure, you know, maybe some some type of I don't know. Maybe I could support them some way uh with collaborations with epic talk or we can do uh some type of article well tell people tell tell people tell people about echo give them a quick synopsis of what you do because i'm on the radio right now yes you are you're live on (laughs) wsqf blink radio hi there we go my favorite radio station here all right Uh, my name is melissa waggy i'm the founder of epic talks which is the number one entrepreneurship event in miami it happens every single month if you are looking to connect with amazing people who are going to help you accelerate in your business, your life, and your career, this is the place to be. You can look us up at EpicTalksMiami.com, where all the movers and the shakers come and support each other the last Wednesday of every single month. So I look forward to seeing you there. That's fantastic. <laughs> go, to, go, to, go to spectator.org. Okay, I'm going to do that right now. And, and under the letter L, under Lou Aguilar, are his articles. Oh, you can just Google Lou Aguilar Spectator. <laughs> and uh, now he's, uh, you know, I'm living vicariously through him because I <laughs> wanted Megan Kelly to talk about me, but look, they're talking about him. And now Alejandro, who's got stage fright, because I think he has a crush on you in less than five seconds because he just doesn't talk. I can't get him to talk. Well, this just happened very suddenly. <laughs> yeah. This just, I didn't know who was calling in. Manny did not say anything. The phone suddenly rang and he put it on. Yeah. That is hilarious. That's the way it is. The blink way. Blink once I said it, blink twice. You missed it. But I didn't give you standing. Listen. I got to give you the standing ovation for Epic Talks. Wait a second. It's with, instead of my, my generic plastic, it's... It's, it's an aluminum can. I didn't have a plastic can. Well, anyway. Okay, me flaca. We'll see you soon. I'll see you tomorrow at 1. Bye-bye. Bye. So, anyway. Let's hear, uh, let's hear a picture again. Oh, let's look at him. Instead of talking about Megan Kelly, he's immediately going to Melissa. You hear that, Melissa? <laughs> What's up, man? You know? If you want to. Uh, uh, now they have to tune into you tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Melissa and I started started about four years ago. Uh, we met about uh, three to four years ago, and we brought her here to Blink Radio. It was early early days of Blink Radio as well, and she came up with something that was really marvelous, uh, Epic Talks. Ah. And uh, Melissa has a story of of itself that's not like yours and I's with parents, and she didn't have parents that, to raise to raise her. She was a 
a foster child. So she has a lot of oh, empathy. Yeah. And she has a lot of empathy for other people. And she's used that en- en- energy, positive energy, about how she overcame the terrible things. Um, and foster homes, and you can imagine how unstable that is when you go from one home to another home. She became a, a w- really well-rounded, uh, empathetic person who actually has a certain stage presence that comes... Oh, you can, oh, you can hear it. Yeah. And she has 250 people coming to see her every month, and uh, she puts people together to make their dreams come true, and it's called Epic Talks. So Fantastic. Alejandro, I've, I think I mentioned it once to Alejandro when we were doing these shows by ourselves. I, I, I want to make an can, can we go back to the show, maybe? Yeah, I, I want to say one back th- thing about like the character of what you're talking about. I feel like there are a lot of books that deal with this, like Moby Dick or um, Blood Meridian. Really deal I've read with those books. Oh, I like the Blood Meridian. Yeah, tell yeah. me, tell me about that because I don't know. That uh, the uh, uh, the God. What, it's who wrote it? Who, who just, wrote it? First of all, he just died. He just yeah, died. It, it's a really, really, really violent western yeah, book yeah. that kind of deals. It never with, became a movie or anything. I, it, people say it's unadaptable. Yeah. Um, I have yet to get into it, but people have been talking. About I actually, it I actually think he's overrated. It, it's really well, about, who's this author's name? I, the, he wrote all the he wrote all the pretty horses and uh, and the the God, the movies. I am. Yeah, you got me there, man. Because I can't even help you. All the pretty horses. All Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, Cormac McCarthy just died. What's you see the, how fast he went? The Coen Brothers did a movie about his book, which was horrible. The book. It was, does sound like Coen Brothers would be kind the of book adapting. Was, things the book was awful. And what caught your attention in the mo- in the book? Um, very much that it's just about the violence of the frontiers. But you movie, know, a lot of people. I yeah, Law and Order at my at my expense. <laughs> Whatever I say is true is true. Yeah, like I was really revealing to me growing up. You know. My generation wasn't really raised off like Indians and cowboys. Mm-hmm, that was something I yeah. can tell by the way he says it. <laughs> Indians and cowboys. He said <laughs> it, you and, and you and I would say uh, cowboys and Indians. You know, more or less. And it's like when you really Native Americans. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, yeah. The only Western about that sort of thing that I remember growing Searchers. up that everyone got super defensive about was um, Dances with Wolves. Oh, God. Was a movie that got a lot of people running with the buffaloes. Oh, was the no, original and, title. And for for us. Like, you know, the big one, by the way, the sequel's fantastic. Much better than the original. No way. Was Avatar. Really? Uh, I th- no, the Avatar sequel deals a lot more interesting with the premise. No, but not, n- there wasn't a sequel for yeah, Dances yeah, with. Yeah, he's being metaphorical. Oh, he, no, jum- no, no. he jumped through that one. Yeah. Dances with, um, Avatar pretty much is Dances with Wolves, right. except that it replaces yeah. indigenous Americans mm-hmm. with space aliens. Uh, How in the hell? It does, pretty much. But. Jeez. There are a lot of stuff that do deal with the violent side of the American psyche. I mean, you even have movies that don't deal with it superficially about the military, but just like about everyday folk. Like, I feel like Taxi Driver is something that you can mark this up to. Taxi? Uh, you, is Taxi Driver the same as Taxi, the movie Taxi? No. No, no, no. no. You mean there was a show called Isn't Taxi. that a sitcom? Yeah, you're going to get a different. There was a show. I, I haven't seen either. I just throw it out there, you know, but, let but, the but, audience but, but figure ta- it out. But Taxi Driver, you you got to know what Taxi Driver is. The movie itself. Yeah. Are you right, talking to me? Uh, Are you talking? <laughs> you know, everyone knows this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't see Taxi. I Driver. If I did, I don't remember. Older quoting this. Yeah, movie. If, you did, if you did, you would remember it. Yeah, Taxi Driver was very well. I'm sorry, but what about Moby Dick? 
Like, mo- like all of these things kind of show like the violent, self-destructive character of Americans. Yeah, Moby Dick. I mean, it is. It Moby Dick is Dick's kind of like a, a universal man, but like a America. quintessential. Like you know, I feel like man, I grew up seeing this after nine eleven. Yeah, you know. Gosh, I mean, the disparity of age really is uh, a stratospheric uh, expose. He thinks so differently from you and I. I, I, I I'm not. Spe- I shouldn't speak for you, but for me, oh my God, it's like. Well, actually, geez, I'm a, I, to, 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 how does he get that we, out? I, I grew up seeing. Hold on, I grew up seeing what felt like an attack out of a mo- Hollywood movie with 9/11, right? It felt like we were hit, and this was going to be our weird mo like. Uh, my generation's new Pearl Harbor was even the way I was talking to this. I think uh, to I think my friends that might be true in third grade. Like I was prepared, but then when like Iraq happened, I felt really weird. Like this kind of felt like, wait, what are we doing this is here? Staged. Who is no? Who is Saddam Hussein? And right. everyone who was older had an axe to grind with Saddam Hussein. Right, like this was. I, I, I had to go on with George Bush. <laughs> yeah, we said that in other shows. But more or less, it kind of felt like we were coming out of this really confused, but wanting a real war. And yeah, then, we wanted to pick a fight with someone. And then Bin Laden dies, and no, he doesn't die. He's weak. He's assassinated. Yes, we killed. He, he's killed, and these wars and these conflicts Executed. still go on. There, you know, we got the guy who we wanted to get, and. The war machine just kept going on, and, and it sort of kind of felt at a point like, you know, I'm not really fond of fundamentalist Wahhabis, okay, but more or less, it didn't feel like getting angry and going out to shoot them was going to solve anything that had really happened. Yes, but... May, let me say something, because... So this, it's like, I'm skeptical of yes, retributionary but. violence. I will say my yes, but after position. you. Go yes. ahead, Lou. I, I, I think this is the perfect end for the show, because I'm going to bring it around. <laughs> so you're going to drop the mic and I can't make a comment? Ah, that's right. Then I do... No. I sh- because I'm gonna, I'm okay, gonna, these are your last comments and Manny can make one. I'm going to bring his point to the very... Hey, remember, I'm Mac on the radio, okay? I'm going to bring his point, and it's perfect, to current modern day because Alejandro is right that during the war on terror and he mentioned the movie The Kingdom the liberals were bending over backwards that there would be no Islamophobia okay that you know um, all the movies all the movies were about the Americans even during the war on terror was guys in the field you know, getting killed, Americans getting killed. It, all the movies were that the Americans were the bad guys. They shouldn't be there. The Kingdom, you know, in the Valley of Elah, Redaction, every single one until Clint came along. Uh, no, first it was Mark Wahlberg was Lone Survivor. Then Clint came along with American Sniper. And everybody ignored all the other movies. And billions of people went to see the pro, the only two pro-American movies, you know, mm-hmm. ab- about the American. It wasn't even pro-war. It was about the guys being there. Yeah, the camaraderie of men. Because the other movies. But, but, but here's the, the important thing was every show, 24. Do you remember 24? Every show. Scalia quoted that yeah, in one of his decisions. A, 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 every show. That's uh, good for another show. Can you remember mm-hmm. you said that? A, a, every show is like, uh, they, no, just a few radical fanatics, but the Muslims are okay. You got, we got to protect the Muslims. That was the liberal mindset. And they, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I will 100% agree uh, with okay. that. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to get a disagreement from me about that. That was the liberal position. Good, because right now, the liberals are dying 
because the Muslims are going to, aren't following your script. Trudeau in, Can- in Canada is blaming the right wing because the Muslims in Canada are, are, are saying, we don't want transgender. And here, they're taking over the school boards yeah. and they're protesting and the liberals are going crazy. So now, and the, and now they actually the, tend to vote more liberally. That's no, they not don't. Tr- no, no, that, that's true. Well, no, they don't. I, Stop I, it. I have the data. Stop it. See, he just gets mad when no, I have this because, common because sense bubble to Because they're it. taking over you're popping his bubble. He was trying to, his bubble. He was <laughs> trying to drop the mic on. No, he was there, trying to drop the mic. There was just a, there was just an incident and uh, It is true that the yeah, left he, 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 here's something right that now, we can do. And I'll agree true. with the right. I'll agree with the right. Hey, there is a, a country that is producing Wahhabi terrorists. It's called Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Oh, for and, God's and, sake! And, 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 Let's it, stick to the. There's script. a whole point where they're getting. Yeah, you want us to stick to a script, and I'm bringing facts. It's the whole. And there are allies. Yeah. Remember, they scream about this in network. I'm network is the whole point, the whole big thing that brings out the corruption of the the press. That's brilliant. Is, is their collaboration Ooh, with the Saudis? He stole the mic from you, and I have nothing more to say. Thank you for listening to Lou and I and him. I'm glad he's back. We moved it to Tuesday, so he he can't give us excuses. I am probably banned in Dubai now. And uh, <laughs> quite frankly, it was a, this was a very, very, very interesting show covering a lot of topics. And wow. I even brought my wonderful friend, Melissa Wagi in there for the close. So enjoy Tom Petty. Don't come around here no more. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 and Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.